matter what. So thanks, guys. That was, <laughs> that was on me. The Lord be with you. If we did a quick survey for the reasons a community like this keeps practicing this life of faith in a world like this, I would expect all sorts of responses. Ways of naming desires, hopes, deep needs. Maybe you're looking for answers to troubling questions. Maybe you're looking for nourishment for, and wisdom for life's journey. Maybe you want friendship, peace with other people in the world. Maybe you're looking for a better sense of place and purpose, a way of seeing the very best parts of yourself and the very worst parts of yourself, a path to healing for those worst parts, naming the grace which makes everything possible. I could go on making this list, and maybe after the service you could share with us, why do you keep practicing faith in a world like this? Many of us desire a way of living and being that is more generous, more honest, more real, something that is better connected to our planet, its people, and our creator. And even if we don't get all the answers, even as we struggle to give voice to our frustrations and our fears, we continue in the hope that a loving God gives us promises that are trustworthy. The promise that we are not alone, we are not forgotten. Our maker knows us and loves us and cares for us. John's gospel is absolutely full of promises just like this. Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Vivid images naming Christ as the definitive source. Sustenance. Sight. Life and purpose. Jesus repeated these themes in healings and parables and lessons time and time again. Because the giver of life was coming into the world, and that's just way too big an idea. Too crazy a promise beyond anyone's imagination, really. The Christian faith rests on hope like this. As Walter Brueggemann, who we can't seem to stop quoting around here, reminds us, the church meets to imagine what our lives can be like if the gospel were true. That is, the promise that the maker of every good thing is living and active and saving the world in lives like ours. Not only saving us, but making us free people the hands and feet of God's purposes in the world. As today's text tells us, Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. The thing is, though, the church in history has not always been great at this. We haven't been great at living out this promise, and our list of failings is a really long one. 
So, why is it that so many expressions of Christian faith do not look free, don't look alive and life-giving? As a follow-up question, why do we personally struggle to live this life of abundance if it's been promised to us? It's worth noting that today's passage from chapter John, or John chapter 10, is Jesus' response to the fallout from a previous chapter, the story of the man born blind, which Ryan covered for us just a few weeks ago. In that story, a man blind since birth is healed when Jesus, the light of the world, spits in the dirt and makes mud to spread on the man's eyes, and he gives that man sight. This strange healing is a cause for a really big stir with all of the religious leaders who just couldn't seem to comprehend the situation. So they interrogated and berated the man. And when they didn't like his answers, these religious experts finally declared him a dyed-in-the-wool sinner, a totally lost cause, and they threw him out. Then the man really saw his world for what it was. Jesus' response leads us into the famous Good Shepherd passage. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Since ancient times and throughout scripture, the idyllic picture of shepherd and sheep has remained a popular one. For Jesus' purposes, as a description of his care for us, could there be a better image? Maybe some of you saw in the news, but just last week, last week I read a story about a sheep from Tasmania named Prickles. Poor Prickles was separated from the flock during a bushfire and had been given up for lost. Seven years later, to the amazement of her owners, Prickles found her way home wearing the most splendid, mega-sized seven-year coat of wool. We, like sheep, are a stubborn sort of herd animal, aren't we? A prey animal with short legs, bad depth perception, and far too much muddy wool. Prone to wander, as the famous hymn says. And this is the flock that Jesus loves. Off the jump, Jesus calls out thieves and bandits who threaten his sheep, rip off artists and con men. The world has plenty of them. Rulers and elected officials, of course. Leaders of all the worst sorts. Yeah, we know those. Pastors, religious gurus, teachers, and Christian celebrities. People who exploit people at their most vulnerable as a way of securing power or influence or personal satisfaction or acclaim. In the case of the once blind man, it was his own pastor's people from his community who'd known him his whole life, people who refused to listen to his story or even hear him out, people who knew the depth 
and the shape of his suffering. People who had even witnessed his miraculous healing, and yet they decided that he didn't fit with their picture of how God works. These are the people who finally threw him out. I'm sure many of us could share a grim assortment of stories. Times when we were beat up or shamed, led astray, hurt by religion just like this. Friends, these are grave wounds. Christ, have mercy. As much as I would like to leave this, as much as any of us would, would like to leave this at the feet of our religious or our secular leaders, I think we all know better, don't we? Rip-off artists and fakes are all around us. Jesus calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, and yet we have such a hard time listening. We know the varieties of our self-deception, though, don't we? The stark landscapes of our wandering, even. It's one of life's sad ironies that so many of our efforts are like the vegetables that we forgot at the back of the fridge. The ways we try and construct or earn or better ourselves in some way, a way to achieve what we had hoped was an abundant life, or at least what someone told us was an abundant life. Except we know that so many of these pursuits eat us from within, hollowing us out and leaving us feeling betrayed, ripped off, and fragile. That new boat just made us want a bigger boat. The holiday didn't make our family any happier. That degree didn't make us any wiser. None of this is especially surprising. It's practically a time-honored cliche. And yet we are still so easily the sort of people who fall prey to the other voices, the advertisers, influencers, all their associated pressures and lusts and vices and desires. Marcus Markets, which measure and degrade, and enslave us, even while we invest in them, sign up and subscribe to them. We find ourselves drifting, disillusioned, bored, distracted. The abundant life of our own making quite often leaves a lot to be desired. But when we follow the call of the Good Shepherd the same land that we once wandered and thought a wasteland is fresh and alive with new possibilities because we do not travel alone. When we hear the one who calls his own sheep by name as he guides and cares for us, navigating rough ground and dark valleys, leading us into places of rest and nourishment, we find rest Sustenance, healing, renewal because of God's goodness to us. As we follow the one who saves us and gave himself for us, 
We take our place in the flock, made up of many other scraggly characters. Look around. You'll see some fresh, shorn, clean as the driven snow, beautiful sheep, and a fair share of prickly sorts with big woolly coats. We see the last varieties of the shepherd's creative world-making in places like this. Life-changing, renovating, healing work in the lives of sheeple like us. We might even start to catch glimpses of something that looks rich and full and engaged, more passionate, more alive, more grateful, heartfelt people, alive in mercy, sure of the care and the presence of a loving God who cares for them. Here's the thing, though. The abundant life is not for sale. This is a story of pure, 100% uncut grace. Today, as we huddle in the safety of the shepherd's care, as we go out even, maybe a little, and walk the land together for the shepherd's holy purposes, may we have ears to hear the one who loves us, the one who calls us, the one who guides and cares for us and gave himself for us. Friends, free and alive in the pasture of the good shepherd, know this is your story. Thanks be to God.